last days. How much closer are we now? The name of this message God gave me is called value. There are things that that are insurpassable in worth, insurpassable in value. There are things, if you value and treasure, that will empower you and transform you and free you. There are things that we value that imprison us, that deceive us, that destroy us, and yet we feed upon those very things because we're deceived. And we as Christians are called to walk in truth. There are two opposing values. Number one, the value of God. The things that God values, which are the truly valuable things. And there are things that the world values. The Bible describes it as lust of the eyes, lust of the mind, and the pride of life. Satisfying the flesh, competing with the Joneses, looking this way, feeling this way, having this amount of money. You know what the Bible says? The things that men value are an abomination in the sight of God. Man judges by appearance, and God judges the heart. And we, as the children of the Most High God, need to value the things that have true value and not be duped by the lies of this world that is led by the prince of this evil age. I don't want to listen to Satan's voice. He doesn't like me. He doesn't like you. He doesn't want to see you flourish. He's come to steal and kill and destroy, and he's doing it day in and day out. And he will use anything to try and get you off track. I want to turn to a scripture passage here. Luke chapter 18, verses 35 to 43. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's going to the cross very soon. He's done so many signs and wonders, so many deliverances, so many healings. People are amazed with this man. Some know he's Messiah, some think he's a prophet. And he's walking down this road. In 35, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. He was begging. There's hunger there for something, isn't there? He's begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He's heard of Jesus before. He's heard of Jesus' power. He's heard of Jesus' healing. All of a sudden, something's perked up in him, and he changes that that quickly. He calls out. He doesn't call out in a tame voice that, that goes with the status quo. He says, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Man will always tell you to be quiet. When you try and get out of the status quo, when you try and go against the grain of the world, they're going to try and shut you down. They're going to try and tell you to shut up, to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. This man was desperate. This man was not satisfied with the status quo. He was not satisfied with the things that that man could give. He wanted something more. He wanted something deeper. And he knew there was one hope. There was one person who's coming by who's gracious and merciful and forgiving. And he calls out. Even though he's rejected, even though he's judged, he calls out to Jesus. Because that is his only hope. Jesus stops. Jesus 
responds to this desperation. Jesus overlooks the crowd, the status quo, the way of man, and he looks to this man, the blind man, begging. And he says, bring this man to me. Bring this man to me. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. He had a need. He had a deficit that most other people didn't have that hindered his life. He wanted to see. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight, and he went to follow the ways of the world. And he went to be entertained. He went to satisfy his flesh. He went to mimic the ways of the world because now he was happy and comfortable. Is that what it says? No. It doesn't say that, no. It says he followed Jesus praising God. He was a blind man who knew a value that others who had their sight didn't know. He begged. He's a beggar. He was feeding on what man could give. And God comes into his scene... He goes to God. God gives him something man could never give him. And what does he do? He sees there's something unique about this man. This man is more valuable than anything the world has to offer. He can do things and release things that are from the eternal realm of God. I'm going to reject the world. I'm not going to go with the status quo. And I'm going to follow Jesus Christ because he's the only one worth following. He is the only way. And I see things for what they are now. I not not only have my physical sight, I have my spiritual sight. And I'm going to follow this man. I'm going to follow this man. Okay? If Jesus comes into our lives, if Jesus invites us to follow Him, you would hope and you would think that we would say yes. We would drop everything and we'd follow Him. That's not always the case. There are idols in our hearts... There are idols in our minds, and idols blind us. There are values that are idols. There are values that blind us to the beauty and value of Jesus Christ. And we look to these things, and these very things that we think satisfy us, hinder us from the greater thing. Do you know that I think most Christians in the United States of America have repented enough to go to heaven? but they have not repented enough to know the kingdom of God, to know the power of God, to actually follow Jesus Christ. I don't think most people want to follow Jesus Christ. He says, if you want to follow me, you have to give up all right of yourself. Not some, all. Take up your own cross. That that means I can't satisfy me anymore. I can't live for me anymore. I need to live for Jesus. Every day. Paul said, I die daily. That's what he said. And yet every day, so many of us wake up in the morning, how am I going to satisfy myself? God is on the back burner. It's about me. It's not about Him. It's about the temporal. It's not about the eternal. Do you realize we only have so much time on this earth? Some of us are closer to leaving than others. None of us know when we're going to go. We can't take anything with us except for what is done for eternity. And I can guarantee you, when you cross over and you see Jesus Christ and you have the opportunity to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, you're not going to think, I wish I would have watched more movies. I wish I would have played more video games. I wish I would have done more sports. And I'm not saying all these things are bad. A lot of them are. 
you're going to say, I had an opportunity every day to live for Jesus Christ, to store up eternal treasure, and I didn't do because I was duped by the devil and I followed the world. And I didn't follow Jesus Christ. I had the opportunity. I had the opportunity to impact eternity, to see souls saved, to see people healed, to see the dead raised. John 14:12 says, He that believes upon me, the works that I do shall he do also. Amen. Yes, even greater than these shall he do because I go to my Father. That's a promise from God. Amen. And I believe that promise. And I'm going to dedicate my life to seeing that promise come to pass. I'm going to hold God to His Word. I look at that promise and I look at all the offers of the world and I say, this promise is more valuable. World, you stink. God, your promises are precious and they are true treasure. And I'm going to see those things fulfilled in my life. We're going to go to Luke 18, 18 to 23. Okay, we have Simon who follows Christ, who sees the value of who Jesus Christ is. Now we're going to Luke 18, 18 to 23. A certain ruler asked him, he comes to Jesus, he hears about Jesus. This is a nice man. This is a moral man. People like him. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You think he was sincere in asking that? He's not coming as the, the scribes and Pharisees who want to trip him up. He is sincere. He sees value in Christ. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. Okay, He's a moral man. He honors God. He honors the law of God. He's obedient to an extent. Until. Until. Okay. Jesus says something. You still lack one thing. You still lack one thing. So many of us still lack one thing. There's something that we're not willing to give up. We're not willing to go to the greater level of consecration. We're not willing to accept God's pruning. And so we can't follow Christ and go to pleasant pastures and still waters because we're holding on to something that's a weight. That's the case of this man right here. You still lack one thing. He says to the rich ruler who has status and is moral and people like, sell everything you have and give to the poor. Jesus puts his finger on this man's deepest value and treasure. On the external, it looks like it's God. But Jesus is going deep into the heart now. Are you willing to sacrifice this? Are you willing to sacrifice this idol, this thing that's holding you back from true life? And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. That's, that's what the blind man did. He's no longer blind. He sees, he follows Christ. There's nothing more valuable. Everything else can go. This man, what does he do? He, he hears this. He becomes very sad. You know why? Because a part of him wants to follow Christ. A part of him wants the greater thing. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He comes to the King of kings and Lord of lords and he wants reality. He wants truth. He gets truth and he can't handle it. It's too much for him. Good, Bob. He was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. 
Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. It's a, it's, that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy what you read there. There was somebody who was so close. He thought wealth had such value. He thought status had such value. He wanted God and money and status and to mix it. You know what Jesus said? I can't, I can't do that. You are not worthy of following me until you lay down your whole life. You surrender everything. You see me for my value, for who I truly am. Had he been obedient, that man would have stored up eternal treasures. That man would have been transformed. He would have given things that he couldn't even comprehend. God would have moved through him. He would have had a true wealth to operate and manifest on this earth that stupid gold and stupid silver and stupid status cannot touch. He could have seen lives healed, lives changed, souls saved. He could have been in a vessel of grace and known the love of God. The love of God in such a deep, intimate way. He had the opportunity to follow Jesus. So many Christians today, they like being moral. They like their nice lives. They like their comfort, just like this young, rich ruler. They're duped into the American dream. You know, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You know why? Because it's all about me. It's not about God getting glory. It's about me being satisfied. It's all about the flesh. Okay? That, that is a value of the world, a value of our culture. It's not a value of God. I, I believe it's an abomination in the sight of the Lord. We are called to lead a crucified life. We are to store up treasures in eternity. Matthew 13, 45. 46. Matthew 13, 45-46. Jesus speaks of the kingdom of God. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away. What did he do? Did he sell some things or did he sell everything? He sells everything. A pearl of great price. The kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price, something that has greater value than everything else, something that is so exclusive that if anything in my life, in my heart, in my possessions, in my relationships, that is hindering me from seeing the fullness of the beauty of the kingdom of God, the pearl of great price, I need to put it on the altar and burn it. Because it's holding me back from the greater thing. Okay, he says it again. Again, the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in the field. A man goes there, finds it, and says with great joy, is it a burden? Is it a burden to remove lesser things that we treasure so much in order to get the greater blessing, the greater treasure, and the greater joy? To the flesh it is. But God never disappoints. You can't outgive God. You can never outgive God. There's an apostle named Paul, and there's a few of them, but um, the, one, the one in uh, the New Testament, this apostle, he hated Christ. He hated Christians. Christ comes, encounters him. He wanted to stop the whole thing. But then Jesus comes. He falls off the horse. He sees Christ for who he truly is. He repents. His values change. His life changes. And he lives the most abandoned life for Jesus Christ that the earth, I think, has ever seen. This man gets beaten. He gets stoned. 
he, he works for his own support. He's rejected. He goes to cities. He turns them upside down because he's operating in the power of God. He knows the kingdom of God. And he says over and over and over again from epistle to epistle, my heart's desire is to present the body of Christ appear on spotless before Jesus. That was his value. That was his treasure. It was not the things of the world. It was not his pedigree. The Pharisee of Pharisees excelling beyond all of those. Uh, the tribe of Benjamin, etc., etc. He lists his credentials. And then in Philippians 3.8, after listing all of his great credentials, he says, I count everything as loss. All these good things the world has to offer, the traditions, all these wonderful things, I count them as loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ. He says, I count them but refuse. I count them but dung. And his life proved it. I want to see Apostle Pauls get raised up who are dead to the world, who no longer bind to this false system of trash and live for eternity, know their value before God, and every day they make a difference. Amen. They see the treasure of the kingdom and they release it. Worldly wrong values blind us to what has true value. We can't see things for what they are and we lose out because we choose trash above treasure. For many Christians make believe in the form of many movies, many video games. They're vain imaginations. They're not real. They are more real to most Christians than the reality of heaven. By their lives, the things they talk about, the things they spend money on are for fake Things that have no consequence. And they don't devote their lives to eternity. It's a fairy tale to them. Because they're feeding on the world and they're being deceived. They don't realize that the kingdom of God is coming. There is a judgment day. And people will have to answer for the consequences. And we've been empowered. We have been called to manifest this truth. I really think one of Satan's greatest victories against the church is the television. Yeah. I think it's entertainment. Yeah. Because the Bible says, in Romans, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you are feeding on worldly entertainment that injects the world's values, the world's perspectives, the world's standards, the world's boundaries, it is, it is totally against God. You are rebelling against God. You are rejecting God's standards. And you are feeding on poison instead of life. And I know that's hard. That hurts the flesh. That stinks. But that's the truth. And the truth sets us free. Okay? We're all in process. We're all being sanctified. We're going to go to Matthew 13.22. Matthew 13.22. Jesus lays it out so clearly. So clearly. I have to not be in Mark, I have to be in Matthew. Okay, Matthew 13, 22. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. That's the word of the kingdom of God. That's the gospel. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. In the parable, that's called thorns. Our lives, our faith, our Christianity is, is likened unto a plant. And the forest soil, you've got fruit. You've got people who are walking in maturity and they are bearing much fruit for the kingdom. 
Satan hates that, and Satan does what he can to stop it. Okay? Jesus is saying, you are real Christians. You are growing. You're not dead. That seed has been stolen from you. You're going to heaven. However, this life, the worries of this life, me, 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 the deceitfulness of wealth. I love that term right there, deceitfulness of wealth. Deceitfulness of wealth. It's deceitful. It promises security. It promises satisfaction. But guess what? It doesn't deliver. It can't deliver. But mankind throughout history has bought into that lie. And they forfeited the greater treasure. These are thorns. You think of the crown of thorns going in Christ. These things, wealth, and another one, in another passage, he says, pleasures of this world. And I'm not saying don't enjoy the things God has created. But worldly pleasures apart from God's character. Those things are thorns. And they stick in us, and they pierce us, and they suck the life out of us. They choke us. And we can't bear fruit. We can't grow. God values maturity. This world values immaturity. You know why? So they can make money off of you. So they can control your minds. You sit on your butt and buy hundreds of dollars of these video games, and they're making billions upon billions upon billions. All the violence, all the gore, all the wasting of your lives, or my life, if I'm doing that. Okay? Those are thorns. Jesus is explicit. We have to be explicit. We have to call a spade a spade, because we only have one shot at this. We have one shot. And God is fixing to move. I see things in the spirit. The spirit realm is just as real as this realm to me. I cast out demons out of people once or twice a week. That's reality. I deal with people who are stuck in depression, who have tried to kill themselves. That is reality. And when you see reality, it changes you. But God has an answer. God has an answer. Okay, the last verse that we're going to go to is John 15, the answer. Here's the answer. Jesus is the answer. The world wants to distract us and make us believe He's not going to satisfy us. Jesus speaks to the world and He says, I am the true vine. There's an adjective there that's really important. That's true. There's a lot of vines that we can suck on, we can latch onto. Has anybody ever held a, had an unhealthy relationship where it's like they're trying to suck the life out of somebody else to gain value? Or maybe it was a favorite sports team and they, they did really well. Oh, I'm, I'm on cloud nine and they did bad. I feel like I'm going to kill myself. And I'm exaggerating a little bit. Or maybe they have a great talent. Um, whatever. Um, there are so many things that we try and latch onto and get life from. Things of the world that we try and get our identity from, our value from, our sense of belonging and worth, they're all false vines. There's only one true vine, and His name is Jesus. And He offers us eternal life and eternal joy. That we have to walk by faith and sever ourselves from these false vines, see Him for what they are, and plug into Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. You know what the gardener does? The gardener gardens so that the vine flourishes. He does what he needs to do in order to maintain optimal health of the vine. He protects the vine. He wants to increase the fruit of the vine. So what does Daddy God do? The Church of God, connected to Jesus, 
were the leaves, the branches. Father God cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, pruning is not easy. Pruning hurts. Another word for pruning is sanctification. God has called us to be changed from glory to glory to glory. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, God disciplines those He loves. He is not content to see us feed on poison. He's not content to see dead weight in our lives. You know why? Because ultimately when we're pruned, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and he told me this desire that God has put in his heart for holiness. I'm not talking legalism. I'm talking a desire that God has put in this man's heart to be pure. And there's a joy. The momentum is joy. And God has given him this revelation that the more holy I am, the more dead I am to the world, the more happy I am. This man laughs. There's a brightness. There's a purity of beauty about this man because there's a purity of soul. He told me that he has gotten rid of video games. He's gotten rid of TV. Not because he just wants to be legalistic and holy. It's because his desire, his craving for those things are dead. He spends two to three hours a day reading the Word, spending time with God. Now he prays for people. He sees visions. He sees different things happen where God is moving. You know why? Because he's tapped into life. He's tapped into the divine every single day. He's cultivating his relationship with Jesus Christ, and, and his life proves it. Jesus, you're worth more than anything. Your kingdom is so precious. I want to release your kingdom on this earth. I want to take the devil down. I want to see people set free, and I want to see people saved. That's what his life is devoted to. Okay. What God wants to do tonight is prune and cleanse and stop the devil from robbing you. Stop the devil from deceiving you from things that you found valuable that are not valuable. Okay? God has shown me there is a move coming. God has shown me that Communitas is meant to have a part in this move. This has been a place of healing for season upon season. I've been so blessed to be a part of this community. I'm grateful for it. And I've had so much healing, and God's been doing so much healing in people's lives here. There's a transition coming. The healing is going to continue. But so many of us are at a place where the healing is near complete, and now it's time to start doing the works. Now it's time to start believing John 14, 12. Now it's time to start releasing the kingdom in authority. To hear from God. To go deeper. To be purer. To let eternity dominate us. One, one guy said, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. If it doesn't have to do with loving God or loving my neighbor, I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> Only the Holy Spirit can bring us to that place. The Bible says it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. It is a kind act of God to convict us. Because with conviction comes repentance, and with repentance comes freedom, and with freedom comes joy and a deeper experience with the one who truly satisfies. Jesus wants to satisfy every one of us. But He wants to prune us, and I want to transition this into a time. If God has stirred your heart, where you want to renounce anything, you want to repent of anything, you want a deeper hunger for God, for eternal things, you want to see the true beauty that He has in store for you, you want to know what's truly valuable, then we're going to pray for you. Good. We're going to pray for you. If you need healing, physical, 
emotional. You need pruning anything. I pray, I pray that these seeds that were planted are going to change our lives. Yeah. That we're going to die to this world yes. and that we are going to run the race. Every weight, every chain. We, we don't need these things anymore. So, Paul, you want to take good. over? You're going good. Okay. As I heard him, I was saying, Bob's called to preach. Yeah, you are, Bob. He's called to preach. God put a put a message in his heart. Thank you, Father, for this message. Thank you. The Bob is king of Christ to hear from you. You know, we don't want to envy other people because we don't know what they've been through to get what God gave them. We just want to say, I want what God can give to me. And so we pray, God, that you would continue to speak to Bob, that you'd pour it on him. Holy Spirit, that you would stir in his heart the things of the Spirit. Jesus, you said that you keep things from the wise and learned and reveal it unto babes. Let Bob be a babe. Let him be a little child so that you can reveal. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And him to whom the Son chooses to reveal. And would you choose to reveal the Father to Bob? Because he wants to know you. He's willing to give up other pleasures for that great pleasure. We thank you for this message tonight. We are convicted. Anybody here convicted tonight? Anybody convicted in your heart that there are things that need to go? Things that need to change? Oh, Father, turn that light off there. Father, we do pray that as the Holy Spirit comes and convicts us now, that we would take steps of faith. The Spirit is doing the Spirit's work. As He does, we want to respond. Some of you may just quietly in your heart respond. But there may be maybe some prayers that need to be offered. Uh, just speaking out really, really loud so that we all take part in them but prayers that would express your heart, but maybe the hearts of others as well. So let's take a moment just to open up to, to pray, acknowledge that we've been apprehended tonight, that we've been disarmed. Anybody here sorry for lesser values? Mm-hmm. Somebody repent for for us as a group. Somebody just speak out. I'll give you the mic if you want. Louder. That's right. We want to be washed. If you feel convicted, thank the Lord tonight. No, it'd be good if it would be sad if you didn't. It'd be sad if we felt so dull that we couldn't even be convicted. 
Anyone else want to offer a prayer on behalf of others to speak out good and strong? Father God, we just lay the American dream at your feet, God, and we ask in exchange for your dream. That's right. Your dream over our lives. That's right. Over our days and our nights, Father God, we repent (coughs) for believing, Lord God, that that things in this world could satisfy. Father, I thank you that you are all that satisfies. Yes. Lord, forgive us for trusting in money and trusting in mammon, Lord. Lord, we just declare that you are the true provider. Yes. Lord, your compensation is much more than anything the world can ever offer. Yes, yes. That's so true. Satan offers a lot, and he delivers nothing. Yes, thank you, Lord. He offers it, and then it's so disappointing because he doesn't give you anything but shame and guilt, and frustration, and regret. Jesus is the rewarder of those who seek Him. He rewards us generously. He gives us joy. He gives us peace. He gives us a sense of accomplishment. He speaks His word of affirmation over our lives. Lord, Lord Jesus, I just want to say thank you for all the convictions that are coming through this room tonight. Lord Jesus, I pray that you give us strength, and through that strength, to walk through that conviction, so we may be healed from these idols that we have lifted up, Lord, so we may become a new creature in your in your light and your sight, so we may walk freely in your in your joy and your peace, so we no longer will be afraid to walk in your light, so that way this word would not be able to say no, we cannot... We can't stand because we are, we are proud of you. We are, we are great to say that we are the sons of Jesus and not some status quo that has been thrown yes. up, upon our shoulders, Lord. I pray you give us the strength to put down the put down the status quo that we've been so comfortably in, Lord yes. Jesus. Yes, yes God. Let's yes. destroy that thing, God. And we throw down yes. this no, no comfort blank that the words yes, given God. us, Lord. Yes, Father. And we walk to the, the true tower, the true... The true Lord, we want to run to your cross and carry our own crosses to follow you, Lord Jesus, so the truth may be shine through us, Lord Jesus. So we may be the new vessels of you, Lord Jesus. So that way, so that way we may be, be growing strong. We may be able to walk freely and peacefully yes. like, like Paul did, Lord Jesus. We may not be ashamed of our own iniquities, but we may be made new, Lord Jesus, yes. in your sight. So we may be made new in your in your in your ways, and we may not be afraid yes. to say that we are your children, Lord. Yes, God. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Father God, I just pray that you just tear down the idols in this place tonight that we built up, God. The idols that we don't even know about. Yes, Lord. Set the captives free tonight, Father God. I just pray that we repent for not for choosing those things above you, God. Anything that's above you is an idol, God. Yes, God. And I just pray that you just tear those idols down tonight, Father God. And I pray that your love of other hearts, those things are going to leave us empty and and, and ashamed and have nothing, God. They offer us no good things, Father God. And I just 
pray that we just we choose you, God. We, choose, we surrender everything to you, God. We follow you, God. We don't. We're not about convenience or about living a happy life, God. I pray that we lay everything at your feet and follow you, God. We're being all of you, God. We see your worth is in you, God. It's not worldly pleasures, Father God. It's not in, in, in anything of the world, God. It's all of you, God. And I just pray the word that we see our value in you, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Father. hunger in our heart. God, a thirst for the living God that only your well can fill. God, I ask you to just drench us with your Holy Spirit tonight. God, I thank you that you are the way maker. And if we feel trapped in any way, if we feel like we can't get out of any sin, if we feel like there's any addiction in our lives, Father God, we ask for the Holy Spirit right now to break yes. off every addiction and that you would come and fill us up with your love instead and give us that power God and when we receive that power Jesus I pray that we would go forth and declare and decree your word and that we would be a shining light for you Jesus wherever we go in Jesus name in Jesus name you know, that's, that's a good wise prayer yeah. You may find yourself in a situation where you frankly like what you're doing. You want not to, but you like it. You like it more than you like reading the scriptures. And so what do you do in that situation? God, give me a hunger. Please give me a hunger for those things that are of value. I renounce these other things. Give me a hunger. Mm -hmm. We cannot change our heart. Only Dr. Jesus yes, can operate our heart. Yeah, we can change outward things. We can change what we do, but then God's got to work on our heart. Mm -hmm. And if you're, you're in that place where you find yourself just entertained by Hollywood, and that 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 has a hold on you. Father, we pray that you, a, a, a far greater value, would work in them a hunger and that the Bible would begin to become a delight in their heart and that they would begin to find real joy in them. Real joy. Let me just share something about TV or, or, or DVDs. I was sitting in the chair getting my uh, teeth cleaned today, and he said, you want me to change the channel here? Because the, there was a baseball game on. You want me to change it? I said, you can do what you want. If I watch it, that'll be about what I watch this month. So if you want to change it. But actually, I watch a little more than that. Because my wife and I, we, we 
go on dates together. I still date her. Um, and sometimes we watch a movie. And my experience when we do is that God speaks to me. I've often had that experience. So we're not saying, I'm not saying, don't ever turn that TV on. Now, maybe for some of you that would be a good thing. But for me, God knows my heart. He knows my desire. He knows that my desire is to please Him. And if a TV program can actually help me to get closer to Him, He will let me do that. Of course He will. Or to play sports. I love athletics. He'll, he'll allow me to do that because it draws me closer to Him. I love to exercise. And as I do, I feel His pleasure. So you find out in your own heart what you need to deal with. Because if those things, at the end of those things, if they are, if you are saying, Jesus, I love you more because of what I just did, because of what I just saw, well, maybe that's a, va a good value. But if it's tearing you down, it's taking time away from real precious values, well, then you want to deal with it, don't you? You know, we know what we want. We really want this. And I do believe what Bob said, that God is taking, in this season, right now, God wants to take Communitas to a new place, to a deeper place. He has brought us through some things, and people have encountered God, and it's been wonderful. But we have sensed, as we've met among the leadership, that this is a new season for us. And so this message comes at good time for us to deal with some things that would hold us back. The Bible says, run the race that is set before you. Lay aside those things. So, anybody else need some things to lay aside? tonight. You need to lay aside television. Boy, tonight's a good night to do it. That's right. If you need to lay aside some things that are compromising. If there's a relationship that you need to lay aside, you know if you need to. You know if it's compromising your values. Then you just need to say, okay, I give it up. And Paul compared the two, and one came up looking like dumb in comparison. It's true. Good. Yes. I just really feel real loud. What was that? Real loud, because we want really people outside of here. That there's people in here that may be dealing with lust. Yeah. And the core of that is that they need the satisfaction of the love of God. Mm -hmm. And so to pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal the love of God. Good. Um, and that's what will release them from that addiction. And I feel it really strong. And so. Good. Why don't you pray that? Why don't you pray that? Uh, let's go. See how we can. We want get get on the mic. Come over here. Mind your name again. Angela. Angela. Thanks, Angela. Say what you just said. I just feel very strongly here tonight that there's people dealing with addiction of lust, and um, I just feel like God wants to come in and He wants to take you out of that place. And the only way you can break free from that addiction is to understand the love of God. And that's what will release you from that bondage and that addiction. And so if that's you here tonight, just say to God in your heart, Jesus, I surrender everything mm -hmm. to your love. Yes. And I ask mm -hmm. you, God, to invade us with mm -hmm. your love tonight. Mm -hmm. Jesus, I thank you by the power yes, of the Holy Lord. Spirit that you break down every wall, that you break down every addiction, and that the walls must come down because the name of Jesus is lifted higher. God, I thank you that your love would be shed abroad in each person's heart here tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, God, 
that they would not settle for a counterfeit love, but that they would run to the true love, which is Jesus Christ. And that is when they'll find their true meaning in life and in holiness. Jesus, help us. We cry out to you. Pour out your spirit. Break the chains tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our vulnerability releases grace in our lives and in the lives of those we pray with. In a moment, we're just going to get in groups of two, at the most three. Better guys with guys, girls with girls. It's easiest if it's people close, right close to you geographically right now. But we're just going to spin around. And in that time, if you want to say, you know, I feel like I am gripped by this. And then you have others pray with you. You acknowledge it. It can be a freeing experience to destroy idols. The problem that Israel had is that they had high places, places that they honored, gods that they worshipped, and those didn't always get torn down. Tonight we're tearing down high places so that the name of Jesus can be raised up on Afterwards then, this room becomes a prayer room. And uh, there'll be fellowship going on. And you're welcome to go out there. There's food on the table. I understand there's also ice cream tonight. That'll taste good one. And there's an offering box there. That uh, those offerings go to pay for the food. Also goes for missionaries that we send out. And others that we feel close to. So it doesn't go for internal things as much. So, very thankful tonight for this uh, strong message that the Lord stirred up in Bob. Thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we have a chance now to deal in our hearts the same Spirit that convicts and comforts as we acknowledge those things in our life. It could be two together, or it could be three, but let's not do any more than three. Take a few a few minutes, it can be two minutes, it can be ten minutes, whatever whatever you need. If you're outside, just spin around. Yeah. Paul. Yeah, just before we break, I just uh, had a quick word as Bob was preaching. He talked about Matthew 13, where he referenced a merchant who gives up everything to... Um, to go after that which he's found as true treasure. So I just wanted to give us a quick exhortation of the Jesus that we're dealing with. Um, it says in Song of Songs 3 that Jesus is perfumed with the fragrant powders of a merchant. And we learned in Matthew 13 that Jesus talks about the devotion of a merchant. So we're dealing with Jesus who's perfumed with the powders of a merchant who sold everything when he saw the beauty of your heart. When he saw how precious and how beautiful you are, he gave up everything that he had in the glory of his Father's sight. All that he had that was glorious in, in heaven, he said, I'm giving that all up and I'm becoming a carpenter and a slave to all men so that I can win your heart. And we know from, from earthly marriage that God wants equally yoked earthly marriages. How much more does he want an equally yoked bride for his son, Jesus Christ? So we're not dealing with a Jesus who doesn't know what it is to give up everything. And he says, come to me all who are heavy laden and have heavy loads. My yoke is easy and I'm humble and gentle and I will give you rest. 
there's a rest of devotion. There's a rest that you can put your head on a pillow and say that nothing holds me back. That's right. And I guarantee there are some of us in here tonight who have restless sleeps. Who are tormented at the dreams that we have because of the things we turn our eyes to. But as we turn our eyes to Jesus and we find rest for our souls, there is a peace that passes understanding. So just let the Lord do that in you tonight. Let's just go for this. Jesus, you are good. Show your goodness. Now as we as we just start to turn together, show your goodness, God. As we meet together, as we pray with one another, as we share those things in our heart, we want to let go. God, show your goodness. Hold them from our lives and give us ways to follow up so that we can walk this out tomorrow and the next day. That's where accountability and discipleship are so important. Because as you're meeting with other people accountable, it's not one night. It's not a one-night stand. It's continuous. It's a daily thing. And you're getting people who are holding you accountable. So pray about that as well, man. That discipleship possibility. So the Lord bless you. Keep you. The Lord make His face to shine on you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you His peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.